Welcome everyone to the We Love Philly podcast. I am here with Philip Holt J um, of Mitzvah Food Program of the Jewish Federation of Greater Philadelphia. How are you, Phil? Good. How are you, Carlos? I'm great. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you my, for having me. Don't mind us if we're a little out of breath. We have just got done cleaning the food pantry here at the Mitzvah Food Program. We have been picking things up and putting them back down for probably the last, what, two, two and a half hours? Mm, something like that. What do you do here at the Mitzvah Food Program? So, yeah, uh, a lot of things. Um, so Mitzvah Food Program, which is part of Jewish Federation of Greater Philadelphia, runs five food pantries in the Greater Philadelphia area, and we are at one of them in Balakinwood right now, what we call our mainline pantry. And out f from this pantry, we serve about 200 families a month through our delivery services and when our clients actually come into our pantry. Overall, through the five food pantries that we run, we serve about 8,000 people. Wow. And that has been increasing you know, a couple percentage points every year. Wow. My specific job is, uh, my, my title is Mitzvah, Pro Mitzvah Food Program Associate. So I do a lot of the volunteer coordination, recruitment. Um, I run two food pantries and I help run the three other ones. So you said there's I, five. Where are they all located? Yeah, so there's, there's one here in Balakinwood where we are. There's one in Center City, which is our headquarters, which is the Jewish Federation headquarters at 21st and Arch Street. There's one at the Beth Shalom Congregation in, uh, on Old York Road in Elkins Park. There's one at the Klein Life Building in Northeast Philly. And our fifth one is in Ben Salem at the congregation Tifereth Israel, uh, which we call that one Lower Bucks Food Pantry. Awesome. And who, who you said 8,000 people. Do you have like, do you know a demographic of who you're serving? So about 50% of our clients are Jewish. Okay. About 50% are not. Um, when clients come to us and they say, we need help putting food on the table, we say, we will help you. Awesome. There are no qualifications. Uh, we help people regardless of race, gender, income, anything. We, I mean, we understand that it's very difficult for people to admit that they need help, and we don't want to create a barrier of, oh, you're not Jewish, we can't help you. We don't want to create that. So we say, okay, we will help you regardless of who you are. Yeah. I get that a lot too, teaching people don't want to admit that they need help. Why do you think that is? I think it's because there's been this social construct for, you know, 30, 40 years of if you can't put, if you can't put food on your table, you are failing your family. And since the recession in 2008, more families have been going to more food pantries. And I don't know what it's like at other food pantries. I have... Um, limited communication with them but our food pantry was founded in 1996 our food program was founded in 1996 and I think just from the outset it was regardless of who you are we, we want to help you I mean there's many many Jewish organizations are um, wanting to yes help their Jewish community but also you know raise the non-Jewish community up as well and you know help everybody so I think that's, we've definitely set our sights on that ideal and we've moved forward and onward and upward since awesome. then. 
Awesome. So you said 1996. It's been yes. It's been and it started as a nonprofit, I'm assuming? So since we're part of Jewish Federation, we're a department within it. Okay. And Jewish Federation is a nonprofit in itself. Do you have any insight on what a nonprofit is? I have a lot of students, a lot of young people coming up to me asking what to start or how to start a nonprofit or what type of businesses they usually are. Do you have any advice or anything for those people working for one? I don't have experience starting up a nonprofit, so I can't speak to that. I can speak to working in a nonprofit. It's one of the best things you can do. Why do you say that? Uh, because, so for me, my, for myself, and being selfish here, I love helping people. I first, one of my first jobs when I moved to uh, Philadelphia was I worked at a Holocaust museum in oh, wow. Northeast Philly. And, you know, it was nonprofit, and I was coordinating educational programs for Holocaust survivors to speak to students and connect them with teachers and students to share their experiences. Then after that, I went into business, and I did not like it because I felt like I was making someone else money. I really wasn't making a difference in my community. So I went back to nonprofit, and uh, for me, again, it fills a little piece of my soul that I'm helping others who are in need and I'm very good at my job I have to say that's awesome (laughs) how um, can you think back and remember the moment where you realized that helping people filled a piece of your soul or like that moment in time like I'm trying to as a teacher instill those sort of like moments or give those opportunities to students so they can also have that realization that oh my god helping people is free and it makes you feel good so you don't need money to do it all you need is time and we all have time in some way shape or form so can you remember when that helping gave you that feeling inside i do it was one of the first times that i went with a holocaust survivor to a school where i introduced her and i facilitated the question and answers between her and the students and we were driving home And she turned to me and she said, thank you. Thank you for helping me to share my story with these students. And it was that moment that I realized that, you know, there are, there's a small population in Philadelphia who are Holocaust survivors who need our help to, uh, you know, drive them to schools and facilitate, uh, you know, their programs for them. But it also made me realize that Oh, that thank you. I mean, again, selfishly felt really, really good. But it kind of opened my eyes to who else is out there that also needs help. Maybe not in this similar situation as these Holocaust survivors are, but in different situations of maybe basic necessities, um, basic legal services or food insecurity or domestic violence uh, survivors who need assistance to get back on their feet and move away from their from their abusers how old were you when that happened that that moment gosh uh, <laughs> well you're only like 26 now correct? oh i'm 35 35 thank you though <laughs> so you're saying helping people makes you look younger as well yeah right <laughs> 
Um, I was, I think, about 24, 25. Oh, cool. When when I had that when I had that moment. Wow. I've worked in I've worked in nonprofit for 11 years now, and well, I've I'm sorry, I've worked in Philadelphia for 11 years. One of those years was for that business, and so 10 years in nonprofit. Where did you come from before Philadelphia? I came from a very small town in upstate New York. Mm. Um, it was not very diverse. My parents instilled a you know a, a sense of needing to help others because you know, you're you're well off you're you're well enough off that you have that time that you can donate towards others you can give back to others in time maybe not treasure but definitely time and you know the the work that I did at the museum and the work that I do here for Mitzvah Food Program I'm asking people to donate their time because you can donate time, treasure, and talent to an organization. Treasure can be used to purchase things. Talent is sometimes more valuable than treasure. And time is also, I mean, it's not like one is more valuable yeah. than, the, than the other one, um, and they're all interconnected. But Time and talent are two incredibly important things in a nonprofit in order to make that nonprofit successful in whatever mission it has. I've never heard it put that. The three T's. Yeah, I've the three T's. I've yep. never heard that before. Time, that's, treasure, that's talent. The, uh, you kind of the, the things that Jewish Federation asks of its donors. Okay. Um, and that's certainly, again, I'm an employee of Jewish Federation, uh, but I've definitely... You know, kind of made that a part of myself and you know the work that I do, whether whether or not I stay here at Jewish Federation or if I move on to a different organization. I'm using that in a classroom with Please your permission. Do. Yes. Yeah, I'm use that time, treasure, talent. I'm gonna have to time, treasure, it, and talent. Make a sign or something to put in my classroom. I like that. That's beautiful. Yeah. So how can people? So we have the food pantry here. We're sitting in it right now. How do people donate their time? or their treasure or their talent to this place? Like, what can they do, normal, average Philadelphian off the street? So in terms of treasure, in terms of donating money, we buy a lot of the food that we have in our food pantry. Oh, wow. And we buy that through two local food banks, the SHARE program in North, in North Philly on Huntington Park Avenue, or through Philabundance, which is down in South Philly. And we buy a lot of our food, I think, because we're almost guaranteed that it is, quote unquote, not expired. Um, whereas we do a large food drive around the high holidays, September, October, where we coordinate with about 45 area synagogues to donate non-perishable food items. But we're not always guaranteed that uh, those items are kosher or they are you know, not going to expire for several months or even several years. So because we feed so many people and so many families, we need to make sure that the food that we're giving them is kosher and it can sit on our shelves or in someone's pantry for many weeks, several months. And on top of that, a lot of the food that we actually buy is brand name to Philadelphia. We have a lot of ShopRite non-perishable items here. 
I think we have some Adam and Eve apple juice, which is you know a, a name brand uh, juice. We have Mapo um, oatmeal, which is has been around for many many decades. It's I I think if if we buy that you know relatively name brand items people will trust us more in that, oh, they're getting these name brand items. I know what these items taste like because I buy them in my own grocery store. I trust this organization, you know, not, not more than another food pantry, but um, you know, I, I trust them that it's gonna be good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the treasure that people donate, we use that treasure to buy the food for our, for our clients. Uh, in terms of time, we have, so we provide a couple different services out of our food pantries. We provide delivery services for those families who are homebound or they can't come to our regular pantry oh, hours wow. or consistently come to our regular pantry hours. Um, so we have volunteers who pack delivery bags and then we have volunteers who deliver those bags. Sometimes they're the same people, sometimes they're totally different people. Um, we also have volunteers who staff our food pantry hours, so when our clients come in, there's volunteers who are helping them order their groceries or showing them what items we have in the pantry that day, giving them a shopping list, saying, you know, what do you need, this is what we have, and then going back and packing those, those bags um, specific to what that client needs, because we understand that there are many families who need a low sugar diet or a lactose, you know, they're, someone in the family is lactose intolerant and we usually have soy milk on the shelves. So we don't want to give a pre-packed box of milk and peanuts to a family that has a lactose intolerant and a nut allergy yeah. because someone in that family will not be able to eat that food. So all of our, uh, all of our services are done with the choice model where people choose and they have that choice of what they need from our food pantry. They choose online? Uh, a couple of our pantries you can order oh, their cool. groceries online. Uh, we use a program called Smart Choice and uh, people can actually use their smartphones, you know, their computers or their tablets and order those groceries at home, set a time to come to the pantry and pick it up it'll be ready so they don't have to spend the time uh, you know, sitting in our waiting room or waiting the few minutes to uh, use a tablet. Uh, they can just come in, grab their groceries and go because you know, it's like you and me, the time in our day is limited and we wanna make the process as fast and as um, you know, painless as yeah. possible for our, for our clients. Gotcha. Um, in terms of talent, uh, we do have a, an advisory committee that is made up of volunteers. So many of them are connected to you know, the other local food resources or they're very involved in their social action committees in their synagogues. So they get involved with our uh, high holiday food drive. Other than that, I'm not sure how much uh, of, you know, of the talent that our volunteers give us, but certainly they're talented when they're driving safely to you know, deliver the food or um, you being very courteous and kind and giving everyone a hearty welcome when they come to our, when they come to our pantry. How important do you think kindness is 
I love that you use that word kindness. I feel like it's something that is one of the values that have that that could be instilled more in people. Like how is kindness how does kindness transfer to serving others? Or serving yourself even? It's I, I think it's hard to define. It's just it's it's just a, a part of me. Um, again, like I grew up in a very kind and loving family, um, very supportive family, and I was also a Boy Scout. Went all the way up to nice. to Eagle. So it's, I mean, even even from being in Cub Scouts, like it's been it's just been instilled in me that you got to be kind. You have to be courteous. You kind of that golden rule: do unto others as you'll have them do unto you. And if I can, if I can donate my talent and time to an organization whose mission I wholeheartedly support, I will give my 110% effort in my time, energy, and kindness. And it, it's 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 hard for me to kind of pull that out and really yeah. define what that is. It's have, just... Have you noticed an increase of it? You said you came 11 years ago. Like, through your 11 years here, have you noticed an increase in kindness between people in Philadelphia? I think so. I mean, certainly there's that gritty, you know, welcome to Philly. Yeah. Uh, but there's definitely underneath the skin, there are... Uh, there's kindness in everybody. And... You know, if a family is struggling in you know one little way, and you know that you can make a difference, however big or small that difference can be, that's kindness coming through, and you know, uh, making that time or donating that little bit of treasure that you may have can make all the difference in a family. Whether that's just for that day, you know, if family's having a really hard time, you know, in, in a week, and you make one day out of that week just a little bit better, that's gold. Yeah. That's gold. I agree. So when you go around in Philadelphia, I ask everyone this question. When you go in Philadelphia, what do you see? What does it make you think? And what does it make you wonder? Like the current state of Philadelphia right now. It's, it's that brotherly love. Um, with everything that's going on in the news talking about immigration Philadelphia is a sanctuary city and I wholeheartedly as a as a person not representing mitzvah food program or Jewish federation I wholeheartedly support that yeah so as as a sanctuary city um, I wholeheartedly support the uh, you know, that, that Ellis Island quote of, you know, give us your poor, your sick, your huddle masses. Um, and in the future, I think we're going to continue that way, or I hope that we continue that way in supporting not only those refugees and the asylum seekers, but also, I mean, Philadelphia has one of the largest populations who live at or below the federal poverty line of the largest cities in the United States. Um, that has to be addressed on multiple, multiple levels. Um, employment and raising wages. Um, you know, the, the recession, you could argue, is still hitting Philadelphia. Yes, you know, the, the Dow Jones industrial average is, you know, increasing and, you know, 
people are saying, oh, the economy is getting better. Well, you really don't see that on a day-to-day basis here in Philly, but we're headed in the right direction, I think. Um, it's just going to take more time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. More time, more... More time, more energy, um, you know, more community. more volunteers, yeah. more community Networking coming together, opportunities. networking opportunities. Um, you know, it's... It takes a it takes a village to raise a kid, but it also takes a village to, you know, sustain a village. Yeah. And you know the community has to come together to support those that are not doing as well, and not just let them go by the wayside. Because if you let them go, where's that brotherly love? Where's the kindness? And that's a slippery slope. Yeah, most definitely. We don't want that. No, not at all. So I ask this question to everyone before um, before we wrap it up. So since this um, since I'm a teacher, since this podcast serves young people and young entrepreneurs, young people who are looking to start nonprofits, uh, I want to know if you could go back in time and tell the teenage version you three things. What would you tell the teenage version of yourself? Whew. Uh, three things. So similarly to you, I was a history major in college. I wanted to be a history professor because, you know, I had all this knowledge up in my head and I wanted to, you know, teach the next generation of, you know, where we've been defines where we're going in the future. We have to know our past in order to learn from it and move forward from there. Had I known that I would not have gone into history, other than working in the Holocaust Museum for you know, four or five years, uh, I would have probably gotten a little bit more well-rounded degree than something so specific. Because I think for myself, yes, I worked, you know, after grad school, I worked at a, at a history museum. And I'm still on the board and I'm still heavily involved in that organization because it means so much to me but I felt like with that specific degree and without having a teacher's certificate or anything like that, I really kind of pigeonholed myself. So I think what I would have, what I would tell my younger self would be to actually go to community college for like two years or so, kind of figure out from there what I really like to do. And sure, it still could be history, um, but you know, starting starting off at a four-year college saying at 18 years old I'm a history major I'm going to be a history teacher I'm going to be a history professor and you know knowing 10 years later that you're not in that field it's not a waste of money because I have you know I have a college education Um, I took many other classes that I was certainly interested in but I kind of felt like I pigeonholed myself and if I had gone to community college for two years I could have gotten a little bit more broad uh, you know, range of classes and experiences. And who knows, maybe I still would be working in nonprofit, but I also could be you know, somewhere else. But don't get me wrong, I love what I do. I love uh, you know, where I work and the people who I work with. So I don't think I would go back and change anything, but that would be, that would be advice for people today. Oh, two more. 
That was oh, a long God. Do more. <laughs> You've been counting. Um, so basically you're saying don't rush. Yeah, don't rush. Don't rush into adulthood. Right. Keep your options open. Yeah. All right. Um, gosh, two more things. What I would tell myself. Young you, teenage you. I literally have no idea. Pre-teenager you. I've never really thought about this. No? Being a history person, you'd think I'd look back and like... (laughs) No worries. No, I don't. No worries. You gave a beautiful Um, one. I feel like that's great advice. So how can we um, reach you? How can we reach your organization? How can we volunteer? Where do we go? Or social media? Yeah. um, So... Right now, we need we need help with delivery drivers, um, and it's very helpful to have like two people in a car, one person to drive and one person to call, and then you know call the client, let them know that we're you know a few minutes away, and then get out, jump out, deliver the bag. Um, we have a website called JewishPhilly.org forward slash MFP for Mitzvah Food Program, um, and that is a that's that's a resource for our clients because it has a list of you know where and when our pantry hours are. It's also a resource for uh, new and existing volunteers. Um, we're actually we're starting soon, I hope, a an online kind of sign up volunteer form where we have different jobs and different shifts at various food pantries, and someone could say, okay, you can you can count on me to be there by signing up, putting their name in there, and I'm going, okay, great. I only need one more person for this. Awesome. Um, We don't really have a social media account that's handled by Jewish Federation, Um, but you can always call me at 215-832-0815, and you can ask, you know, about our uh, pantry hours, whether you need that help, or if you're interested in volunteering, I can help you with both. Um, and I mean, I've, I've got an email address. Do you want me to just, I can spell that out too. Sure. So that's P as in Phil. So P H O L T J E at jewishphilly.org. Um, and I would be happy to, you know, if, if you're interested in bringing a group of volunteers, I can see what our needs are on a specific day and time, or I can um, you kind of forward you to another organization that might be able to handle a group of volunteers a little bit better than we can. Awesome. So Phil, I'd like to give you a shout out. Uh, spread love to you for always being kind and courteous, uh, giving your time, <laughs> treasuring your talent to the community in which you serve, and, and being there for all the people in the city who are in need. I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too, Carlos. Mm -hmm.